Hello, welcome to another episode of the Finance and Property Survival Guide. My name is Damien. I'm from, I am 24 years old from Newcastle, Australia. When I finished high school, I felt like a lot of my education left out the most important things that I needed most going forward. Stuff like getting a mortgage, budgeting for big purchases and investing were never talked about or explained in any great detail. I want the Survival Guide to serve as the middleman for anyone looking to learn about finance and property. Each week, I'll endeavour to speak to and learn from some of those in the industry to help break down the details of the finance and property sector. Today on the show, I spoke to David Hall from Money Saver Home Loans. David is also my father. So I work with Dad, uh, David, in the Money Saver Home Loans company. We, we are mortgage brokers. We work on helping people learn more about financial uh, acumen, having more financial knowledge so they can save more money and be smarter with their finances. Um, as well as helping them on the road to applying for a home loan and buying a house to live in or invest. So uh, we wanted to do an episode together on the advice series, which is what we did today. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. I found it very informative and learned some things about my dad that I didn't know before. So if you enjoy the episode, let us know, share it if you can, and uh, enjoy. Take it easy. All right, beautiful. On today's episode of... uh the advice I give my 24-year-old self, we're going to talk to David from Money Saver Home Loans, who's also my father. Yeah, How are cool. you? Yeah, fantastic <laughs> yourself. Yeah, good. So if you wanted to just start with uh, just a basic introduction of who you are and what you do, and we can go from there. Okay, yeah, fantastic. So yeah, as you said, I'm your father, which is, <laughs> I am your father. Um, living out, living in Newcastle, been here since the mid-80s, so what, about 34 years, maybe a bit longer, 35 years which is good, um, grew up in Blacktown, um, learn about money early because there were five kids um, with one in a one income family. So I learned early on that if you wanted something, um, you know, you often did without or got a hand-me-down or went and earned it. Um, you know, all my brothers and sisters had jobs um, when we were growing up, which was good. Um, went to uni at Bathurst, did an accounting degree, Worked out about a year into that degree that I didn't really like accounting, but um, my parents had gone out on a limb to get me up there, so I thought the best thing I could do was finish it. Um, and that's one of my bits of advice for people, if you've started a degree, finish it. Um, a lot of people leave degrees because they don't like it. Um, if you really hate it, you know, so be it, but a lot of the time where you end up is not about the degree you've got. It's about that you've got a degree and you can show you can finish something. Um, when I finished there, started working in public service. I was going to stay for a couple of years, but ended up staying for 29. And Because uh, in the public service, you get lots of opportunities to do lots of different things if you take them. And that's one of the other bits of advice I'll come up with a bit later. Um, and had some sabbaticals while I was in the public sector and got to experience different things working interstate and overseas and um, then got into mortgage broking about five years ago I think five or six years ago and we've had home loans Newcastle and then we transitioned to money saver home loans mainly because our business was growing outside of Newcastle and because we follow the property market uh, rather than we see the, the property as the most important thing for wealth creation and the loan helps that rather than just get a loan and go buy a house, which is what a lot of, a lot of other brokers and, 
all the banks do. So okay. that's how I got to where I am now. What was the, uh, we may have spoken about this last year or something on other shows, but what was the, did going into broking seem like a logical transition after you left the tax office or were you sort of, did you spend some time not really sure what you were going to do next or were you like what? You just sort of got the opportunity to go into broking through two mates from the beach um, who had a finance company and were looking to get into broking. But the, a lot of, a lot of broking from what I see is people will go to a broker, the broker will ask how much money they want for what they want. And then the broker will organize that. Whereas what I like to do is talk to clients about what their, goal is mm. what their objective is their long-term plan and then spend a week or two critiquing what they're thinking just to confirm that it's the right thing to do because there's an old saying that you know it's around you know making quick decisions and repenting over a long period of time mm. you know that you do something quickly that you if it's the wrong decision you've got a long time to, to dwell on it and you're yeah. better off i think it was um abraham lincoln or someone said that if if he's given six hours to chop a tree down, he'll spend the first five hours sharpening the axe. Mm. So if you don't just go straight in chopping the tree down, you get you get all your all your ducks in a row, that sort of thing. And we're we're talking to a client at the moment whose initial thing was to go buy. A, he's living with his parents. He's got quite a lot of money saved. His plan was to go buy a property, live in it for a year, and then move back in with his parents. Now just by talking to him about his objective um we sort of come to the view that he's better off staying with his parents and just buying investment properties because that's his long-term goal and buying a property to live in first will chew up quite a lot of his capital which may not allow him to achieve his long-term objective so that's our thing we we love property um we work with national buyers agents who buy property for people and we you've talked to quite a few of them uh they look at the property market like a share investor looks at the share market mm. and um yes yeah, so that's that's what we do okay um we'll get into the next sort of part of the the show which is again yeah the, the advice you'd give your 24 year old self so you've you've sort of touched on it already but if you could go back and talk to yourself at 24 what sort of advice would you give yourself if you had that opportunity yeah so i was sort of taken two streams one is sort of general advice and the other one is around the property and finance stuff which is what we've been talking about over the last you know six to nine months um from that sort of general life stuff it's about taking responsibility don't don't sit back and wait uh, for other people to create opportunities for you you've really got to create your own opportunities um the more you get involved in things the more opportunities will come up the more um, one of one of the guys from the beach had a saying that your your net work is your net worth. The more people you know, the more people that see what you can do, the more opportunities you get. It's just it's just you know when you think of it when you're at school, and the and the uh, teacher says, okay, we're going to do a project, form your teams. Most people go for the people who are going to add value. They don't go, oh, there's there's you know. Freddie over there who does nothing let's get him on our team mm. or there's Mary who complains all the time let's get her on our team everyone goes for the happy people the positive people the people that can do things and when you're when you when you're at work it's the same thing 
the opportunities go to people who get out there, have a crack, put themselves out there, and try and grow every day. Yeah. Um, the other bit of it, one of the bits of advice I actually got from one of the wrestlers on World Wrestling Entertainment, the big show, we was talking one day, and I didn't realise he was such a smart bloke, and he was talking to one of the other lady wrestlers, and it was probably scripted, so I don't know, and he just said, um, in life, if you change what you can change, control what you can control, and either adapt to or not worry about what you can't. And I think a lot of people waste energy. You've only got enough energy in your day to focus on so many things. Focus on the things you can change or control mm. and don't focus too much on the things you can't because it's just it's a wasted energy. And I, I liken most people, to, if you're a mobile phone, you've got 100% capacity when you wake up in the morning and you've got, unless you can recharge during the day by going to the gym or a bit of exercise or having a sleep or eating some nutritious food, which I often don't do, um, you only have a certain amount of energy in your day, in your life, in your week, in your month. So focus it on the things that you can actually influence. Don't focus so much on things you can't. Um, you're going to have many careers in your life. Um, when I grew up, I'll say my dad um, became a boilermaker at age, you know, did his apprenticeship at age 17, retired at age 64 as a boilermaker. Um, quite a lot of people who in their 60s, 70s, 80s have had one career. If they're the people that are advising you, they may, be not, be the best, they may not be the best people no. to be advising you because you know, look at yourself, you've been a barista, you've done function room work at the bar, you've done um, uh, maintenance um, of advertising structures you've been a tour guide you've worked back at house worked back of house you've had a uh, prison water um, thing and now working with us mm. so you're 24 and you've had five or six different things yeah. and that's gonna that's normal that's normal now a lot of people are not going to go to uni or get a job and stay in that for 30 40 50 years like like we used to um, one of the things around having a side hustle as well I think if you can if you've got something that sort of keeps you interested, if you're in your job and you don't really like it, you should be planning your exit strategy. Now, that might be getting away from the boss you don't like or moving sideways within your employer yeah. or moving jobs, or it might just be taking up something that um, gives you pleasure. Mm. So it could be volunteering, it could be coaching a team, it could be doing some community work, it could be... You know, trying to flog some stuff on the internet. It could be can be many things. Um, the probably the last one is or the two surround yourself with positive people. I think to, there's there's lots of negative people around, and they just like to drag you down to their level. A lot of the time, it's not. Um, they don't do it deliberately. It's just that they don't know any different. Mm. And there's an old saying that. A negative person has a problem for every solution. Um, surround yourself with happy, positive people. And the last one from the um, um, life thing is that the only place success becomes be success comes before work is in the dictionary. Nearly every person I know who's successful works very hard. It's not luck. Um, there's an old one of the golfers had a saying: the harder the more he practices, the luckier he gets. 
and I think that's right with everything. The more the more you work, the luckier you get because you're you're exposing yourself to more opportunities. And it's like lighting fires. If you light ten fires, two might turn into something fantastic. If you light one fire and it rains, you've got nothing. So I think just I I think you've just got to not worry too much about controlling your future and where it's going. Sometimes it's um, a bit like the old Gwyneth Paltrow movie, Sliding Doors. You'll come to an opportunity and go, yeah, I'm going to take that. It might turn into something fantastic. It might turn into shit. You don't know. But take the opportunity because you never know where it might lead. Mm. So that's just sort of the general life stuff that if I was my 24-year-old self now, I wish I'd known Mm. because I probably spent... 10 or 15 years just sort of bobbing away, hanging around with negative people and not really taking chances. Yeah, okay. From the point of view of property and finance, which is what we've sort of talked, what you've talked to quite a few of the people about, you know, Kate and uh, Simon and Terry Ryder and those guys, um, some of the stuff I want to mention I've picked up from them, which which is good. One of the things is, is you've got to save and invest. Um, you know, too many people we see... Um, spend their money on toys, you know, jet skis, boats, fancy cars, that sort of thing. They don't really add to your wealth. They might make you feel better, and you might think that your friends have a higher opinion of you because you've got the fancy car or the jet ski or the boat. But from a wealth point of view, it's not necessarily a great thing. If you, you know, put your money into things that um, generate income or generate capital growth, and a, a classic example for us is when we were working overseas, we bought a couple of apartments. Um, dumb move. You know, if I'd known uh, then what I know now, we would have bought a couple of houses because land goes up in value. Um, so that was one of the other things. You know, the land content is the most important thing. Um, if you've got the opportunity to buy an existing property versus a new property, quite often the new property will land size will be half to two-thirds the size of the existing property. So existing properties are probably a better um, long-term uh, wealth creation thing. Um, use credit card debt wisely. A lot of people get after paying credit cards and personal loans and all this sort of stuff. If you need a loan for something that is not going to generate you either somewhere to live in um, or generate your income or capital, um, have a think about whether you're actually needed or not. Mm-hmm. So use debt wisely. And um, we've talked about, you know, your pay now, play later. So if you spend a lot of money now, which you know a lot of us did in our late teens, early 20s, mid-20s when we first got jobs, came out of uni where you had no money, all of a sudden you had money, you were going out three or four nights a week, going to movies, going here, going on holidays, that sort of thing. That's fine, but if you can t- temper that just a little bit, long term you'll be a lot you'll be a lot better off. Yeah, okay. So yeah, probably quite a lot quite a lot there. Yeah. But it's really about taking responsibility and yeah, not um, and I think it's a, a Savage Garden song where said people put their uh, put their faith in other people's hands. Yeah. And it's about um, yeah, planning your own path, taking a few risks, but not being too risky, and um, you just never know where it's going to lead. Mm. So 
that idea too, um, I think Goose talked about it on one of the shows we've done in the past about, do you like the idea of investing in things that are going to generate wealth for you down the line, but also, I guess, investing in yourself, so like trying to upskill yourself or learn new tricks or tools that might help you in the future with jobs or yeah, absolutely. Um, life in general? Yeah, absolutely, and I think you've got to do that. So whether it's investing in your education, investing in your fitness, um, those sorts of things, yeah, absolutely. Because they're the things that um, the guy who wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective People talked about, about sharpening the saw, about keeping yourself um, relevant and up-to-date and you know, listening, listening to podcasts, reading books. Um, you, know, you can't make every mistake in the world yourself, but you can learn from other people's um, they might see them as mistakes, but they're actually opportunities to learn. It's only really a mistake if you refuse, if you do it, keep doing it. Mm. You know, if you keep doing the, the same thing, you're going to get the same result most of the time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think, I think like um, Igu's talked about thinking long-term, as did uh, Brendan, talked about, you know, thinking long-term. Yeah. Um, thing Simon Presley talked about, which was, um, you know, invest, you know, putting putting money aside to invest first. Quite a lot of our clients we see who have trouble saving, um, yeah, they get their pay and they do all their stuff and then right at the end there might be $50 or $100 left and they put that in the bank. And they go, oh, my savings are going nowhere. So we'll talk to them and say, okay, you might, just say you need uh, $10,000 over the next year. That's $200 a week. So from either your pay or you and your partner's pay before anything happens. As soon as the money hits that bank account, 200 has to be direct debited or directly transferred into your savings account so you don't see it. It's gone. It's mm. in the savings. So you make saving your priority, investing a priority. You might invest that in shares. You might just put it in the bank because you're going to buy property with it down the track. Um, that's the thing. It's about... You know, what's your priority and putting your priority first. Mm. And no no one is going to solve your problems for you. There's, if you've got lots of people around you, you can ask them for advice. Sometimes they'll give it to you without you even asking, which is, a, which is good. Um, but, you know, they've got, usually got your best interest in mind. So if, you, if you're surrounded by, you know, good positive people who laugh a lot, um, you're generally going to have be have a better mental health I, I think from, from what I've seen okay is there anything else you wanted to get off your chest before um, well, yeah, well, I suppose the other thing that a few of the people you've talked to have talked about is compound growth mm. and that's quite it's it's important in property and it's equally as important in finance if you buy a property and it goes up say 10% in a couple of years time the next time it goes up in value, it's going up from that higher value. So you're getting growth on growth. Mm. And if you have a look at the people, I think you know nine out of ten uh, millionaires made their money out of property. Now I love property, um, but shares are also good as well. And we do get quite a bit of exposure to shares through our super fund because super fund normally invest in share. You know they 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 invest a lot of money in shares. So if you've got good money in super and you're buying property whether that's to live in or to um to invest um yeah you, you're doing the right thing um 
like from the compound growth point of view, if we have clients who their loan repayment might be say $450 a week, we'll encourage them to um, direct debit 500 a week. Mm. So you won't, I say to the guys, look, you won't miss the other 50 bucks, but the extra two and a half thousand you're paying down a year, it snowballs in your favor. And you know, <clears throat> at the end of the first year, your loan balance will be two and a half grand less than what it would have been normally. Um, <clears throat> which means you're paying less interest on that. Mm. So it's, it's quite important to do that. But, yeah, <clears throat> I think, <clears throat> excuse me, take responsibility, um, take opportunities, um, sort of widen your thinking rather than be blinkered. Um, one of my, um, I remember being the sales training course and the, the, the person giving it said, you know, you've got two ears and one mouth. So spend twice as much time listening as you do talking, which is great for me because I never shut up. But I think the more people you surround yourself with, the more things you get involved in, the more opportunities that will come your way. Yeah. And you know, if you've got a good, you've got a good network of friends or family or others socially that you can bounce ideas off. And you know, a lot of the innovations in big companies um, and just generally don't come from the industry that is currently there like mm. you look at i think it was 10 years ago or something the founders of netflix went to blockbuster and said this is where we think the future lies we need 50 million to sort of make it you know make it a um uh, commercial enterprise are you interested And the blockbuster guy said no now, Blockbuster Video, I think there might be one store in America now, and Netflix is worth billions. The same thing with Uber, the same thing with um, Airbnb. Um, you know, most innovation does not come from the people who are doing it now. Mm. Um, the Elon Musk guy, like his background is not space. Mm. You know, his background is not um, re uh, batteries for mm. solar power. So, and it's not the guys, yeah, the the car companies are not leading the electric car revolution. Mm. It's other people. Um, everyone's jumping on the bandwagon, but um, most innovation comes from not the people that are doing it now. So, yeah, you can have a look at um, um, like any industry or anything you're doing. You know, think as wide as possible. Talk to people who are in industries that have got nothing to do with that, because they might see something in their industry that is transportable. Mm. So, um, yeah. Just, okay. um, yeah, hopefully that's um, helpful. Right. And so if people wanted to get in touch or um, learn more about what you do, how yeah. would they do that? Yeah, so Money Saver Home Loans um, on Facebook, on the website, and, yeah, just through this podcast. And, um, yeah, happy to help anyone and have a chat if we can, um, if we can help you, certainly will. Beautiful.